there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Well, the League Cup semi-final draw last night, Premier Sports Cup, you know the story, Aberdeen against Rangers and the holders Celtic against Kilmarnock. Celtic went to Motherwell, saw them off 4-0 last night. They scored a hat-trick and a double at the weekend. It didn't stop James Forrest and Jake Kamakas being dropped. Lille Abada got a double. Aberdeen, a comfortable 4-1 win against Glasgow's finest, Partick Thistle. And Rangers can thank a Stephen Davis at 37. His goal gave them a 1-0 victory over Dundee. But the fans, none too happy last night. Where will we start? First of all, well, let's hear from the managers. We've got Leanne Crichton with us and we've got Andy Walker. Here's the manager's reaction to the game. Ange Postacoglu, 4-0. No, I'm, you know, I'm pleased with our performance. Obviously, um, I think we could have scored more for sure, but just in general, I thought we, our football was really good tonight. Now, you know, playing cup game away from home, you know, there's a semi-final spot at Hamden Stake. You know, there's always the potential you know, for an opposition to upset you. But uh, I think the way Motherwell started, they really tried to be aggressive, pressing us. But I thought our football through that press was really good. And yeah, we probably should have put the game a bit earlier. But just in general, I, I really like the way we went about things tonight. Atati and Kyogo got the other. So 4 0 for Celtic there through, and probably favourites to defend the cup that they won, the first trophy won by Ange Postacoglu after he came last year for Rangers. 1 0 against Dundee, they were comfortable, but it wasn't a great performance. Here's the manager's reaction GVB. Of course, the game, you know, isn't positive the way we played. We started well, we had an early goal, uh, pushing for for the second goal. I think we had some decent chances, made some good runs from midfield. We came in the final third really a lot, but the final pass wasn't accurate. Started second half well, but you know after less 25-30 minutes, we dropped our levels. We became um, not accurate, the passing was going down, we didn't have any, any good movements, we lost balls in areas, we cannot lose the ball, so I wasn't happy at all with our performance in the second half. You know, that's something we need to improve. We made some changes, but you know, still the players who are in, in the game today, uh, I think the last 30 minutes should have performed better. Andy, tale of two managers, two very different performances last night. You saw Celtic at Motherwell. Yeah, I thought Celtic were back to their best. Uh, saw them at the weekend. That's them scored, what, 10 goals in two games. They'll be hoping they'll be keeping some of those goals for, for next week for the Champions League. They do create chances, as many in the Champions League, but can't get uh, quite as many over the line. So essential that they get a home win against Shakhtar. And of course, they've got the, the big game at the weekend at Tynecastle. They're they're in really good form despite making a good number of changes. And what did you think of Rangers last night? You think saw the highlights, 1-0 Stephen Davis, but Rangers, before it, talking with Barry last night, you'd expect more goals. Yeah, there's something not quite right at Rangers. I mean, Rangers Dundee United 2-1, the fans weren't happy. Obviously, the, the Champions League uh, embarrassment uh, is painful. 
And then when you get home to Dundee, you're expecting, even allowing for a number of changes, you're expecting the players to come in to, to make a difference, show that they are capable of playing much more regularly, but getting booed off after a 1-0 victory, it, it doesn't bode well. Yeah, they were booed off. There were some boos at the end. Here's the of manager. Of course I can understand. I wasn't happy as well. So, you know, when you're playing well, I mean, you should get the applause. Oh, but if you don't play well uh, for a club like Rangers, they should boo you. Leanne, what are you thinking for Giovanni and for Rangers last night? Not not their top performance, but they're through to the semis. Yeah, and that's the most important thing, certainly. Um, when you come through a match like that, performance-wise, of course you would expect more. Uh, you would want more. I think it was always going to be a, a tricky tie. And, and also Dundee are a side that have probably underperformed for a huge part of this season with the, the group of players that they've got in the Championship, certainly. They flattered to deceive at times, and I, th I think teams like that will always treat a, a Rangers or a Celtic match like a cup final, you know. So, you're always going to get a, a strong performance from them at Ibrooks as well. Um, but Rangers are just struggling just now, struggling to find a, a different gear, struggling to find a, a system and a, a ruthless nature about them. I, I still think they're doing enough to. To win games and, and deserve to win games but it's just not good enough and when you hear the rumbles from the Rangers supporters and the manager has to come out and acknowledge the fact that his side should have been booed you know that's quite a quite a statement normally you would expect or, or you would hear a Rangers manager come out and, and defend his side and and perhaps try to manage expectation but I think Giovanni Van Bronckhorst sounds like he's at a stage where he can't defend his players right now that's true, Andy, isn't it? Here he is speaking about that. He wants more. He needs more from his players. Of course, you look at the team performance, but, you know, of course, you also look at individual players because tomorrow we have to analyse the game, speak to the players who underperformed and make sure that, that we improve that for Saturday. Players underperformed. He doesn't often say that. No, he doesn't. And the, the form has been a, a lot better previously, but just in the last number of weeks, you've felt as though there's a pattern emerging. As I mentioned, that Dundee United game, albeit they won, but uh, you know, fans really unhappy with the level of performance I was at that game. Obviously, the, the Champions League was, um, was really embarrassing. And then they get the job done at the weekend, a great goal from Tillman, and uh, they win narrowly at, at Motherwell 2-1, but... You just get the feeling they're not at their best just now. Every game is a bit of a slog, a bit of a struggle, and they're just searching for their, their best form. I think it's very one-paced. I, th I think that's the problem with Rangers. I think that even the changes that come in, albeit it's good at times that you have that like-for-like -like change, um, but there's not enough legs for me in the middle of the pitch. There's not enough tempo to the way that they move the ball. There's not enough quality. Uh, it changes. The leadership within the team changes game to game you know sometimes you have a, a Stephen Davis that starts in the middle of the pitch at times you've got an Arfield in there John Lundstrom I think is a very good footballer I don't know if he has the same leadership qualities that a Ryan Jack would show you know if he's in there dictating a game you then take out Golden central defence has been a huge issue this season last night again you change the goalkeeper you change your central striker I don't think Rangers are performing well enough to be able to merit those types of changes just now. And I know you need to, because you need to manage your squad and, uh, you know, there's a long way to go still in the season. So to try and keep players fit and, and keep them hungry and involved is something that you need to do. But also there's players there for me like Tillman. I, you know, he scores a brilliant goal at the weekend, but for me, I don't know how he, he starts again the following game, but it's because there's nobody knocking on the door that's putting him under real pressure. Um, 
and that's just to name you know one player that, that jumps out for me I, he flatters to deceive I don't think he works hard enough I know it might just be his style and Tillman, I listened yeah. to the commentary mm-hmm. of the game at the weekend and you know that it was described as his style to me it looks lazy yeah, doesn't he run off the ball doesn't he move doesn't he work hard enough and then he, walls, then he waltzes by five players like they don't yeah. exist if you can do that once you should be able to do that you know seven, eight, nine, ten times in a game. So there seems to be um, an acceptance just now at Rangers and that's probably the concern. Contrast that with Celtic. We're going to take your calls 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Leanne Crichton is with us. 72 caps for Scotland. Got it right for once. And Motherwell, formerly with Glasgow City. And Andy Walker, former Celtic, Hibs, Sheffield United, <laughs> Bolton uh, and Scotland cap as well. Uh, yeah, contrast it. Celtic, they've got that burst of pace, haven't they? They've got so they've got, they've got a deeper squad at the moment. He's rotated it in recent weeks and it seems to be working. Here he speaks about, the manager speaks about Hatate and the rest of the midfield. Yeah, he, he's kind of been keen to get a goal for a little while and uh, he got a cracker against Motherwell last time, so a different one <coughs> this time. But yeah, again, he was, you know, I thought him and, and Aaron and, and, and Maddie in the midfield were, were really good today. They had to be, as I said, Motherwell sort of pressed us and we needed that sort of second line to play through and with Greg and, and Josip, um as our link guys um, I thought the three midfielders all did a good job And he mentioned about Kyogo he needed a goal actually first of all Andy let's hear him speak about what do you do when somebody scores a hat-trick at the weekend and the other guy scored a double and you drop them what do you, what do you say to them? No I don't tell them I just avoid him mate Here's <laughs> a discussion I just put the team up and walk away so I think they've all embraced that. They, they understand that, you know, we saw last year what happens when, when we just, you know, put the burden of, on, on, on just very few. You get a lot of injuries and, and performance is, is affected. And, uh, you know, if, if James had have played tonight and Jack had have played tonight, no chance I would have played on Saturday. Or if I did play them, then, then you're going to get injured. So they, they understand that. And I think they all appreciate it and they all understand that if we're going to be successful playing this kind of football and that's everyone's got a role to play we're all in it together we used to hear that during Covid times in politics mm. let's stay off the politics for a moment <laughs> we'll let you know if there's another Prime Minister in the next few minutes <laughs> if there's a change um, what about that Andy have you ever dropped and the manager didn't tell you uh, well it does take me back to my time at Motherwell when it was a big thrill actually I was what 19 mm-hmm. and Tommy McLean would put up he didn't put up the team on the notice board yeah. he just put up the squad there was maybe, even then, there was only about 14 players because sure. obviously we just did the, the two subs. So he put up 14 players. And if you were on it, well, as I, I was on it after about six months, so it became a big thing. And then, of course, you start making, uh, uh, you get to start games, but he would only tell you that maybe an hour or two be, before kickoff. But no, I think when you look at Celtic, I mean, I was there on Saturday when Ralston and Burnaby played. Thought both of them were excellent. I think bringing um, Carter Vickers back is a big boost for Celtic, and then of course you've got Yakimakis and Forrest who didn't play last night. But you you, you know you can bring in Abada. Hatati's goal was uh, terrific, and I think you've got a good number of players in different positions who are dead keen to play. And when they are given a chance, they I mean that was a seamless transition. Celtic playing a different team from the weekend, but their style was still so good. And as Ange Postecoglou said there, could have scored a lot more. Mm. Leanne? It's interesting because I think with Celtic, you've got players just now that are taking opportunities, as Andy said. You know, if the squad's changed, you you can do that, you can get away with that. But also, I think there's a pressure on players to perform. I don't see that same type of pressure on the Rangers squad right yeah. now. 
even go back to the Real Madrid game, um, Celtic, uh, Leila Bada has a, a chance in that first half and he gets hooked at half-time. Wasn't doing enough in that game, didn't take his chances that was presented to him, hooked at half-time, sit down and watch somebody else go and, and perform. Um, you know, they don't get the result on that night and that's just one example. But by that, I just mean, you know, if, if wingers don't perform, yeah, James Forrest comes in, he scores three, sits back down on the bench, somebody else comes in and delivers. I don't see that with Rangers. Tillman was my example earlier on. Ryan Kent's probably a player that, you know, for the best part of a season now, has gone through the motions of not performing, not delivering numbers, not delivering goals, and he plays week in, week out. Ryan Kent's a fantastic footballer, but I just think, is there anybody knocking on the door seriously that's going to put him out of the team long term? And he doesn't offer that much just now. Um, so I think that is, that's got to be a huge concern for Rangers Celtic, on the other hand. Yeah, went through a, a couple of weeks probably not scoring the same level of goals they did early on in the season. They didn't look as ruthless, passed up many opportunities. Andy mentioned that they've, they've gone and scored double figures within two games. They look like they're back to their best. Big weekend coming up for both of them. Rangers playing at home to Livingston. Uh, Celtic, the early kickoff. Andy, is that your game, Hearts against Celtic? On yeah, Sky? looking forward yeah. to it. Obviously, with the big introduction of VAR this weekend, <laughs> yeah. uh, Friday night, Hibs and St Johnston. There'll be six cameras there. You'll get... I'm sure you'll get, uh, well, if you get a goals, you'll get uh, goals looked at everywhere. And I just hope we uh, we can, we won't pass without incident. No. There will be incident. And I've been doing games down south for the last couple of years and still they make some sort of error that you think, oh, wow, what a decision that is, even with the benefit of a, an extra camera. So I would imagine we will still get that here, that sort of, wow, they've looked at it again in their are still apparently given the wrong decision. So I think we'll still get a lot of debate, but it will help the referees and uh, it's here to stay. You were in the bunker last week, weren't you? Who's your referee and who's your VAR official? I know on Friday night it's Willie Collum is the top man. Or is the top man the referee? It's Kevin Clancy, isn't it? But the top man in the van, I know it's not the van, is um, I think you'll Willie always Collum. have the senior referee on the pitch. And uh, I think that's the way they, they would like it. To be certainly not the case uh, down south, and that's caused a problem because some senior referees on the pitch don't like being told by someone I don't know how many years they're junior that uh, you know you've got this wrong. So the senior one is where? Senior one should be on the pitch, of course. Yeah, but I think there will be category ones in the VAR room as well. Yeah, across it. Yeah, it's good. We'll have both. Yeah, Ah, it's Willie Collum for the first one. Yeah, and he's the top referee, isn't he? And it, yeah, I know it's subjective. Well, it's subjective. <laughs> but it will be, it is interesting that, I mean, we don't have it in the Championship or any other league. So no. you'll get referees and their assistants going to the Championship. And if you're a, an assistant referee and you're used, you've been told, keep your flag down, mm. you then maybe go in the next week to a Championship game and you'll, you'll need to, to flag immediately because you're not given that, that leeway. So it's a wee bit difficult for them to, to go from one league to the other. I found it really interesting yeah. though, Andy, the, and you've, you've, you've probably spoke about it because I've, I've not been on since then, Paul, but the VAR day was really good. You know, the training day, getting to see it, getting to see it in action, having a look at some of the clips that is very much going to be subjective. And even that day, you know, different pundits in the room are looking at it and going, you know, it's a red card. I don't think it's a red card. You know, I think that's... So you debate it and that's going to be the same for the referees. But... You know, there's a, a referee one, a referee two in the room. You've then got the referee on the pitch. So you would hope collectively that they will start to come to more of the correct decisions and that we don't spend too much time dwelling on it. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think it will 
take us a bit of time as Andy said there you know the, the referees are going to get up to speed with it they hope to progress really quickly over the next couple of months once you start using something you'll get better at doing it um, and hopefully there's not too many big talking points that arguably they get wrong you know because that's where the scrutiny comes and where it becomes difficult to defend the technology if there's mistakes and I think Leanne it's important sometimes there is no right or wrong decision mm -hmm. yeah, it's just sure. the referee's opinion yeah. so in his opinion it's right and you might get another look at it and it can still be very debatable and you should always leave the decision to the referee on the pitch. It's going to be some weekend, isn't it, anyway? It starts off uh, Hibs against St. Johnson tomorrow night and then Saturday, Hearts Celtic, 12.30. Kilmarnock against Ross County. Well done, Kilmarnock. We'll talk about them shortly through to the Cup semi-final. Motherwell against Aberdeen. Big win for the Dons against uh, Partick Thistle. Rangers Livingston, we mentioned, and St. Mirren, Dundee United. We're going on the line shortly. Calls coming in on 0808 17 17 700 and we're on the socials at Go Football Show. You can call Andy Walker and Leanne Crichton. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Well, the summertime has gone and the leaves are... Will we sing it? No. But it's uh, <laughs> kind of dreary night, isn't it, Leanne, as we look out here from oh, the heart of the gorbals? miserable. Yeah. It's just that rain. I quite like autumn as well. I don't yeah, mind that. Right. You know, it's cold, you can get wrapped up, but the rain is just... Oh, freak. But Suits our mood with all this political nonsense. Oh, isn't it? It's, uh, I know you don't know where to. Yeah. And we thought management was uh, football management is precarious, but uh, in Spear. politics, we'll keep you right up to date. Joe Maguire, as always, the voice of Glasgow and the West, will be on again at six. Some of the headlines today: Kel Lafferty, he's received the ten-match ban, which was expected after being filmed, uh, and he was saying a sectarian slur. He's out for ten games. We'll talk about the. Kilmarnock themselves and how they will miss their striker. Um, Michael Beale, the former Rangers assistant and Aston Villa assistant, rejects Wolves' approach and he opts to stay at QPR. So a bit of loyalty there. What do you think? We'll speak with Leanne and Andy. Well, let's go on the line. Celtic winning last night, 4-0. Rangers, a one-goal victory. And Aberdeen, 4-1 against the Jags. Uh, Tarek is on the line, a Rangers fan. Good evening, Tarek. Good evening, Jets. Good evening. Good I hope day. everybody's OK. <laughs> Yes, women good, and Tarek. gents were all good. Yeah, Tarek, what sorry, you? Sorry, no, don't wait. Sorry, I, did, I, I didn't no. get to hear who was on the panel. I know. Because I was making my dinner, you know. Oh, what's for dinner? Oh, I'm uh, having chips, uh, no. steak, burger, and mac. Uh, sorry, cheesy pasta. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So Leanne Aye. is here, and Andy along with Paul. Tarek, one 0 for Rangers last night. What are you thinking? Well, I was, uh, you know, it wasn't a great performance. I mean, I should have won by a few more goals, but Dundee, to their credit, played well. But what I will say is, uh, I did say the other day when I was on the programme, they need to give that uh, Yumaz, the Turkish boy, a start. He was the man of the match by far. What did you think? All really? oh, right, that's interesting. Here's what the manager said about uh, Ridvan Yumaz. But I think the performance of uh, of Reed Fun is promising. He had a difficult start of of, uh, of the season. You know, had to adjust to a new country. You know, new players. So uh, I'm really happy with uh, with the way he's training. I think today the performance you could see uh, he's got talent. So we, we need to improve him. But you know, I think the performance he had today was was promising. Well, Leanne, we were saying beforehand, when will we see him? And it was a five million pound purchase. 
you see that there's something there last night. Yeah, there is. And the thing for me, and I said it a number of weeks ago, and Giovanni Van Bronckhorst echoes that, it does take time. You know, you take it for granted when you look across the city. I think, it, you know, players like Leila Bada, um, who are a young player, hit the ground running, and you expect that every young player does the same. It's not like that. Um, I compared them to a, a Kieran Tierney going to Arsenal. It took him a bit of time to adapt. He put his hands up and said how difficult it was. And again, it's that assumption just because it's football and, and that's your job that you settle in anywhere you go and you hit the ground running. It doesn't happen like that. Sometimes it takes time. I think the investment is clear to see. You know, the fact that Rangers paid a, a decent amount of money for him. He's a young internationalist. There's bags of potential there. I think the worry for a lot of Rangers fans from what I've heard is that, you know, Borna Barisic isn't always on fire defensively. And if you're a player that's been brought in to challenge that position and you've not had more opportunities than you know last yeah. night against Dundee are you as good as you'd expected to be but you would hope for the young player that it's now an opportunity that he can take and he can kick on Andy I think when you make a signing like that in Scotland you expect a bit more and I think when you look at all the signings that Rangers have made Tillman, Matondo uh, Yilmaz, Davis I know that a number of them have had their uh, injury yeah. concerns injury issues Lawrence and Suter yeah, yeah. Well, they, uh, they're both in the same position, yeah, Davis as well, Hollander. Uh, but when you're spending that amount of money, I think you're looking for a bit more. And I, I think when... Uh, I just don't buy into the idea from so many at Rangers that this is the strongest squad that they've had in the last, last few years. I, I don't agree. I think Steven Gerrard had a, had a stronger squad. And I think the squad that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst had last season was stronger but of course that was with um, Aribo that was with Bassey and I totally get it you had to sell them it was essential to get that really good money in Tariq what do you feel about that I think it was John Bennett said the other week he thinks that's the strongest squad they've had in a while do you think it's as strong as it was last season? Definitely yeah we are going to uh, push on this year you know even without Patterson and I know he didn't play that often and without Bassey and Aribo you reckon it is stronger? Definitely definitely stronger I mean they just need to give the boys that are coming in a a chance you know Mm -hmm. and uh, they they need to be a wee bit more adventurous I said that the other day you know you need to he needs to set up a few different I mean he's got uh, Yilmaz and he's also got Barisic I believe he should play Barisic in the midfield and let him go up and run it up and down and let the wee man defend at the back, you know. I think they'll, they'll do well with that, you know. Leanne, they need some kind of spark, don't they, and a bit of pace. They do, yeah. I, I don't know if it's there, though. If I'm being honest, I don't know if it's there in the signings that I, I've seen. Um, the injuries certainly haven't helped, you know, and I think the fact that there's not that variety and that choice in other areas it's detrimental to the rest of the team because other players are forced to stay in the team when perhaps they would be the ones that would be rested and taken out. Then you're looking at the old guard as the players to get you through this sticky period in time where performances are not great, but you're still picking up results. And I think that's more important than anything. Regardless, you know, if the spark never comes for Rangers, but they continue to win win games between now and the end of the season, will any Rangers fan care? Realistically, you know, you speak about it now because it's that apprehension. You almost feel like... But you're only one game away from a disaster I think at any old firm team um, but I think you need to manage as I said earlier on that expectation I don't see players coming in whether you change the system and that might be something that, that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst looks at as, as games go on 
do you need to always choose just now between Trollac and Morelis? Is there a way to get them both in the side? It might be something that, you know, that becomes a more direct style of play from Rangers because the way they move the ball in the 4-3-3 system just now isn't effective. You know, it doesn't break down teams and the weekend will be a big, t- a big task, albeit it's a home game against Livingston. Livingston are a very organised side. They will come with a game plan. I watched them last season take a point off Celtic at Celtic Park. Very well organised, you know, sat almost in the edge of their box for the entire game um, and Celtic didn't have an answer. It was the day that Giamakis missed a penalty, I think, quite late on, maybe about 80-odd minutes. Um, They will bring a similar type performance this weekend against Rangers. So who's going to break down that that defence? Tarek, what are you you getting from Kent, Ryan Kent, Alfredo Morelos? Are those players committed? Ryan Kent, he's just missing something. He's missing a bit of spark. Morelos, I think, is in a different situation because I don't, uh, you know, I think he's a bit of, like, he takes a bit of a huff a lot, you know. I think he maybe is in a wee bit of huff puff just now, you know what I mean? But if he comes out of that, he's a great player, you know. Do you think they'll still be Rangers players next season? Yeah, I think they'll they'll stay. I mean, uh, I'll give you an example, what do you call him? Uh, Goldson, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Goldson's the example I was going to give. I mean, it was yeah. fantastic. He stayed, everybody thought he was going to leave and he stayed. So let's hope it happens with Morelos and Kent as well. Yeah, mind you. Wrong if they go, yeah. if they go that's, 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 that's definitely going to weaken the thing because they're strong players for us, you know. I think the difference between Goldson, uh, and I might be wrong, did anybody want Goldson in the summer? Was there any clubs interested? There was no big bid came in. People thought Nottingham Forest, if they'd stayed yeah. in the championship, no. I, don't been th- in. I don't think anybody was interested in him, if I'm honest. Mm. I think it might be different with Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos. I think they would be based on age, you know, based on potential. If you look at a Ryan Kent, uh, could he go to another team? Might that be the spark that he needs is just a change? You know, maybe it's been the, the same for too long for him, that there's nothing season by season. The players that come in are, are not reflective of the quality, perhaps, that he thinks he can go and play with. I don't know, I'm just surmising that. Um, Alfredo Morelos always looks like he's on his way out the door. He could maybe be like a Conor Goldson, where you think he's gone, mm-hmm. uh, and eventually he does sign that new contract, but he always looks like he's in the lookout to go somewhere else, and that's kind of been... The story of his time at Rangers is that there's been you too know, much chat about that, hasn't it? A lot there? of chat, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a player that never sounds like he's settled, I think, is a concern. Rangers through to the Cup semi final, Tarek, as you well know. But the manager was asked about any positives last night. Well, I mean, it, we we made some decisions before the game to to rotate a lot. Uh, we needed to rotate because of the freshness of the of the players. Some players somewhat lack with little problems. So, uh, and in the end, you know, we were. You know, we are true to the semi-final, no new injuries and everyone we have on board on Saturday. So that's for me, is positive. And the return of Kemar Roof. You know, he's a, a player who had, you know, a lot of injuries also last season in the end and, and also this season. So, you know, he worked hard. He's there. He's, uh, you know, he's, his drive is there. You know, he hasn't played for so long. So you could also see what he brought, the energy. And uh, so for me, it's good to have him back. You know, you need injuries players back as, as quickly as possible. Really pleased for Kamar that he's uh, back now and uh, he can only improve because, you know, he's going to be stronger and stronger uh, in the coming weeks. Massive few weeks coming up for Rangers and Celtics. Seven games, Andy, before the World Cup. Five of them league games, but of course, Champions League as well. Tarek, before you go, what's your scoreline at the weekend? We're getting close to it. Rangers Livingston. Oh, I think we'll win that one definitely. Three or four one. You are super confident. And what about Napoli next week? 
Oh, Napoli is with the well, with the rock. Is that in Italy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Ah, yeah, it's in Italy. So I expect Napoli to win, but you never know. I think we could, uh, you know, surprise them, you know. Tariq, We've got that capability to win games, you know. Great positivity on this dark evening. Tarek, thanks very much for calling Go Radio. Yep. Cheers. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Willie's been on at the socials at Go Football Show from Easter House saying Rangers players, they seem shot shy. <laughs> Compared to Celtic, that's what, <laughs> that's what he's saying. Um, and I don't think you could argue with that, could you? They're they're shot shy at the moment. Well, you're yeah. just seeing a lot of uh, different options that yeah. Celtic have. I mean, Abada coming in last night mm. gets a couple. Could have had more. Forrest come in at the weekend, got a hat trick, and just the, the number of players, a number of attacking options from middle to front, the pace that they play at, and you 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 probably find every Celtic supporter going away from the ground and enjoying. The, the standard of play that they're seeing apart from you know St Mirren a few weeks ago when they get yeah. beat and the Champions League games are a, a huge challenge they need to convert more chances they are they are competing there but absolutely essential to beat Shakhtar to, to have any sort of chance of uh, a bit more Kyogo got his goal here's the manager speaking about his striker yeah look I mean he's like all, like all strikers you know if they go a couple of games without scoring the, the world collapses in on them and you try and tell them that you know they haven't lost any of the ability they had you know I've still, be, I've still been pleased with his general plays getting into those areas and it's just a matter of him you know, like any striker believing in what we're doing and, and keep hitting those areas and the goal would come so you know I'm sure he's he's happy you know he's he was a bit unlucky he had a great shot in the first half hit the post hit the post on the weekend you know <clears throat> They're the fine margins for, for strikers and you know, probably early in the year they both would have gone in and but you know the key for me is as I said I'm, I'm still pleased with the way he's playing, he's contributing, he's causing problems to the opposition and uh, pleased for him to get the goal. It doesn't change sort of my assessment of how he's been playing. I still think he's been uh, he's been a good contributor. Leanne, good insight there into the life of a manager and a striker. Yeah, I think it's hard to, when you look at the Celtic team this season, every player has contributed to goals all over the pitch so that becomes more difficult as a striker to always be the player that grabs the headlines. You know, when you've got wingers that come in like a James Forrest and scores three, but you're a striker on the day that scores two, you know, you're overshadowed. So it's almost a good place to be for a manager. Ange Postacoglu, you know, explaining there he's happy with performances and that's the one thing that he always goes back to is it's more about the performance than the result a lot of the time. So uh, Kyogo is a fantastic footballer. I just don't think he's perhaps been as clinical as we once seen him when he arrived at Celtic. Having said that, he still scored a number of goals and I'm sure he will still continue to score goals this season because he does get himself into those areas. Um, and as a defender or any team playing against that type of player who is relentless in his work rate and everything that he does and getting into those areas and just being an absolute nuisance for defenders, your chances will come. The worry would be if he wasn't getting chances, that he wasn't hitting the post, that he wasn't hitting the bar, yeah, that there yeah. wasn't shots getting cleared off the line, that would be a concern. His uh, his work rate last night was terrific. He should have had more goals, yeah. but who who makes Celtic a better team, Kyogo or Yakumakis? What do you feel? Uh, right now, I would play Yakumakis. I love his attitude. He's obviously a different type of player. He's a bit more physique, a bit more strength. Loves that physical uh, challenge. But you play Kyogo, you also get goals. You get that different type of movement. You get that link-up play, you get that closing down. Um, it's um, two right good strikers who are guaranteed to score any goals, I think. The, 
it was an enjoyable night for the Celtic fans, wasn't it? It looked mm. like one of those nights, I know we're going on about the weather, but they looked to be in harmony. You know, the, the players, I see he sent the players out at the end. Kyogo as well, he went up in front of the crowd, got them going. I don't know if you'd left by then. I'd left by Just, then, but the yeah. other thing you see about Motherwell is the pitch. I think yeah. it must be the best in Scotland. It's absolutely magnificent. There's a little, I think there's a little 5% of it being a, a hybrid. Yeah. But it's absolutely beautiful. And they've taken away so much of that slope that was notoriously there for years. It's That's, what happens. That's what happens when you sign Leanne Crichton. It drives the standards, Paul. It does, it? Hopefully absolutely. we can go on it this season. It I know. Be good. <laughs> we, we hear it with you on... Uh, it's great. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just to see it. Over a million Beforehand. pounds they spent yeah. on it, Andy. Yeah, that's right. Incredible job watching it over the summer. Um, yeah. And it looks excellent. You know, in the office in the, the David yeah. Cooper stand is where we're based. And looking out over that, you know, yeah. throughout the week, the you just think... The presentation of the pitch is just first class. It is. And Barry was raving about it. And I, I said that at the start of the season for the, for the mm. Sligo game. I said, what a brilliant night. Loved yeah. it right up until mm -hmm. kick-off. Just the atmosphere <laughs> that was, what, 12,000. And the pitch, unbelievable. Yeah. No, it was, last night was an occasion, yeah. you know, for both teams, and I think Motherwell gave a, a fairly strong account of themselves up until they conceded, even you know probably the, the first ten minutes or so of the second half. Then Celtic, you know, got a firm grip of the game. But those types of games, cup matches under the lights, you know, mm. on a night where it's as it like this, a bit wet outside, the ball moves on the surface. You don't need to water the pitch too much. Those are the nights you remember as a footballer. You know, brilliant atmosphere as well for away fans going to the game. Um, I thought not. their approach was good as well I mean mm. they really tried to yeah. press high to close down Celtic but as uh, Ange Postecoglou was saying there that some of their football from the back it was it was played out really well their short passing and then they opened it up and they they were going from their, their own corner flag to the last third within seconds the chance for McKinstry is a big one yeah. that he puts over the bar is that right the at the beginning the cut back yeah. in the first half yeah, yeah but no, no. Um, not to say it would have changed the, the outcome mm. of the game, but certainly for a, a team like Motherwell who've got a game plan get up against the champions and, and that sort of game with so much on the line to then go and defend, you know, a one goal lead would have been different. But that's how it is. It's, it's the way Celtic and Rangers have faced it in the Champions League. If you don't take your chances, they're, they're very few and far between in those types of games. The pressure's on uh, and you don't often get a second chance at it. Uh, we said the team were very much together. The manager referred to that, the respect they've got for each other, even when you're dropped. I think there's a general sort of respect amongst the boys. We, we wouldn't have the squad we had where people are, you know, I left out guys tonight who one scored a hat-trick, the other scored a couple of goals, but, you know, we bought in a couple and Liel could have had a hat-trick himself tonight and Kyogo scored as well. So there is a respect within the group. You know, we all know what we're trying to achieve and we want to do it together. Uh, that means that, you know, no one is more important than anyone else. And clear they want to retain the Scottish League Cup, the Premier Sports Cup. They're all key, mate. Uh, it's, a it's a football club I represent. There's no freebies here. You've got to go at it for all of them. And, uh, you know, we get a trip to Hampton now for our supporters, semi-final, an opportunity to get to a final. So, um, yeah, please. A trip to Hamden. You can't beat it, can you? And Celtic will be up against Kilmarnock. It's a while away. It's January. And Kilmarnock will be without Kel Lafferty. That that's a big blow for them. It was expected. Leanne. It was. You, yeah. What's the next date, sorry, for the... Next round the, the cup, cup semi-final yeah so, so you might, January. Ju you might yeah. just make it then Kyle Lafferty I think his suspension will, will be up around about the 7th I think it's if his first game back so obviously fitness yep. sharpness yeah. and all the rest of it but you do have a sort of World Cup break in that, in that mm. as well that was inevitable that the, the ban was coming sure. though you know it's a, a critical point in the season though for Kilmarnock as well because you know how this run of games yes there's, there's going to be the World Cup break as well but 
I think it can define your season at times and you either come out, you know, January in a good run of form and in a good place mm. in the table, you find yourself down at the bottom in a dogfight and They'll miss him, Leanne, because yep. he, he doesn't need to be a score to be effective. I don't think he mm. attracts defenders. Yeah. I like the way Armstrong's coming into the Kamanok team and making a making a difference. They've got other options, they've got Ollie Shaw, but Lafferty's got a physical presence and he attracts a lot of players. And you look at the way that uh, Alan Main and Ayungay at, uh, at St Mirren bullied the, the two centre-backs when they, when they won 2-0. Lafferty's got that in him. I don't think he could bully Carter Vickers. Mm. But, um, you know, if Welsh was playing and Jens was playing, then Lafferty can give them a hard time. I think he did give Jens a bit of a hard yeah. time in the in the 5-0 game at, at Rugby Park earlier. He was wrong what he did and let's hope he grows up. I know, I hope he grows up and learns. These days, sectarian slurs are outrageous and they shouldn't happen and I hope he reflects on it and it doesn't happen again because he is a, he's a big figure in every way and yeah. it's embarrassing. And he has owned it, which I think is a good yep. thing and he has joined up with the charity Nil By, Nil By Mouth mm -hmm. and he's going to undertake some, some work there and... Uh, Yes, we. I mean, it's just extraordinary that we get that pretty much every week. Uh, that that type of language, and the SFA don't seem to do anything about it. No, they don't. Not shocking. Um, you know, it's a, a real misjudgment from him as well. He's a role model. He sets an example. I think he's been about the game enough. I know he's still a young man, and of course, we all make mistakes. I think he's been about the Scottish game to know how bad it can be week by week to be a player. You have an opportunity and a choice that you can either set a positive example or you can go the other way and react in a, a negative manner so a steep learning curve for him nothing worse when it, it hits your footballing ability and that is a consequence that he will have to face but hopefully you know he comes back stronger from it and, and can make a difference with the actions that he, he's you know played out um but no, it's a, it was a damning situation and he's he's faced the consequences of it. Absolutely. More calls coming in. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! A couple of years ago, if we said Brendan Rodgers, his team playing tonight, so too is Stephen Gerrard's. We'd have been talking about Celtic and Rangers. It's not the case, but my goodness, they're both... And the headlines down south are uh, under the spotlight to hold on to their jobs. Where will we go first, Leanne? What about uh, Leeds playing against uh, Leicester tonight? Brendan Rodgers really needs to get a win. Yeah, he's under a huge amount of pressure. I listened to him a, a number of weeks back and I actually felt like he was a man that was looking for the door, looking for the exit door, just listening to him. I think at the point you start taking every bit of responsibility and acknowledging that you might be the problem as a manager, it's a... You know, it's a slippery slope to go down. Uh, I don't know whether he would rather just be released from from the job. Uh, you know, he's achieved some incredible things as, as a manager. I think with the the budget and the competition, everything that he did, it, you know, at Celtic is you know so impressive. It will forever be remembered. Then to go down and have the success early on that he did with Leicester. But you know, football's such a funny business, and you know, even look at you know, Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp, the pressure that he's found himself under after dominating you know yeah. the European stage for a number of years as well and people are asking question you know question marks above his head so yeah it's a huge night for for Brendan Rodgers um you know if I was to put money on I don't think he'll see it the season if I'm being perfectly honest he, whether he will see it to Christmas he's got another job in him Leanne yeah I, I, oh, of I course think he has, after yes. finishing fifth 
twice, mm-hmm. winning the FA Cup for Leicester, and then you know highlighting the fact that the transfer window wasn't good for for him or the team or the squad. Um, and I think you're right. I think he is, um, you know, ready to go. But I think there's still enough in him to get a, a big job elsewhere. This time last year, just over that, he was being quoted maybe for the Tottenham job and stuff like that before yeah. Antonio Conte came. They said Man United maybe. And yeah. it just shows you how quickly it can change. So what about Steven Jarrett? What do you think? It's a huge game for him. Needs to win against Fulham. Yeah, he's on the, the same shaky peg. I mean, the, the Villa fans aren't happy and they've spent a lot of money. They're not happy about the uh, you know the quality of, of play on view. And I wouldn't be surprised. It's a, it's a brutal business down there. And Villa, rightly or wrongly, are seen as one of the top six clubs, mm-hmm. but they've been very rarely near the, the top six for a while. And then you look at Bournemouth. I mean, they are... Yeah. I'm doing Leeds-Bournemouth on Sunday and I watched a bit of their game. Was it last night? Bournemouth-Southampton. Mm-hmm. 10,000 at the game. That's almost a full house there, isn't it? And It's almost a full <laughs> house, eh? Yeah. And, wow. uh, well, uh, they got rid of their manager after losing 9-0, mm-hmm. uh, Scott Parker, sure. and they're unbeaten since. So... Um, you know, I think uh, that type of form will, will get you a job. There's plenty of managers looking for jobs as well. I don't think the English Premier League would ever be short of options. Pochettino's name uh, keeps coming up, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's ones that have kicked about. There's ones that will be overseas in Europe that will be looking for the opportunity to get down there. Uh, you know, you just wonder for Steven Gerrard where his next job would be. You know, if he, if he was to be sacked and, and relieved of his duties at Aston Villa, you know, his aspirations will be to... You know, to get to Liverpool one day, but if you don't go and prove yourself in the English Premier League, I don't know how that opportunity comes about. I don't think you you get those types of jobs now just because you were a Liverpool legend. You know, I could be wrong, um, but certainly for him, it's it's early on in his managerial career as well. He keeps referring back to the experiences that he had at, at Rangers and the resilience that he had to show there. But you know, I don't think anybody's interested in that. If I'm honest, especially down in England, they don't see it as the same game. I still think he's got another job in him for what he did at Rangers um, he wouldn't come back to Rangers would he? Well there's a if, question if and when if and when yeah, it was when Gio, would, it, he, would Andy, he come how, back to Scottish football? How do you sure. weigh that up though in terms of Van Bronckhorst and, and what he's achieved or how he's performed with Gerard? you know because I, I hear a lot of people speaking about Gerard and the European run and, and the teams that they beat but ultimately it was Europa League you know, Van Bronckhorst has, has got a Rangers team into the Champions League. It's a different level. You know, so al- he also took them to... A, I, I think Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is a really smart guy. I think he's a clever coach. I think if you can take that, that group of players to a Europa League final, if you can beat Celtic in the semi-final of the Scottish Cup, win the Scottish Cup, win through your Champions League qualifiers that were really difficult when you... When you maybe thought you were going to get uh, some more players if you did qualify for the Champions League and that didn't happen. And I think you've maybe seen the effects of that now, the way that Rangers are playing. They're, they're stuttering, they're stumbling, they're not at their best and he's he's desperate for a bit more quality. There's no magic dust there, is it, at the moment? It's just not happening at, at Rangers. With Steven Gerrard, though, when he left, what, just over a year ago... Many people felt it was time to go. Three mm-hmm. and a half years and he won the title, stopped 10 yeah. in a row and all that and they'll never forget it. But th- was his team not on the wane a little bit by then? Possibly. I, th- I actually think if you were to give Rangers fans a choice over Steven Gerrard or Michael Beale, they would want Michael Beale as an ex-Rangers manager. 
in, in how much of Michael Beale was behind what Stephen Gerrard delivered. You'll never know, you'll never be able to break it down, but I think he had a huge influence. What do you think? You see that, a huge influence. I think, you know, more than huge. I think he delivered a lot of the content. I think a lot of the, the system and the play and a lot of the player recruitment would have been down to Michael Beale and what he felt fitted that system and, and how that would be delivered. You know, and I think it, sometimes that's a good skill. Yeah. If you can I, identify yeah. someone who's brilliant on the training ground, knowing that eventually he wants to do his own thing, wants to become a manager... If you can identify someone who's smart and clever and gets the gets a good style of play, gets a good partner playing, you can deliver a lot of the messages as well. That that's a good partnership. No, you're spot on, Andy. And I listened to a, a podcast with Stephen Gerrard and he spoke of that because he was a young manager. You can't yeah. have the career that Stephen Gerrard had and then have X amount of, you know, hours as a coach delivering flawless sessions because you've not had you've not had the ability to do that throughout your career. So of course, you need to bring people in at some point. Certainly at the beginning, you bring in a, a Gary McAllister, you bring in a Michael Beale, um, Tom Kilshaw was part of that as well. And they deliver various parts. But I think now for Stephen Gerrard, when you've been in it for a number of years now, you, there's probably a level of expectation. And if you lose guys like Michael Beale from your coaching staff, you either need to replace them or you need to start delivering what they were once doing for you. Um, but and, it'd be an I'll, interesting one if, the, yeah. you know, if Giovanni Van Bronckhorst mm. did vacate um, the Rangers hot seat this season I'm sure Stephen Gerrard would be one name that would be immediately linked with a return well, if he was out of a job the biggest thing you need is a recruitment to be right there's a I mean Celtic Rangers spend all the money in Scotland pretty much the vast majority yeah. of it so you need to get it right and I, I look at the Celtic squad I can see a lot of people are not playing every week but when they do play they contribute I look at Rangers and I don't see that same type of quality and that's why I'm I'm surprised that they're saying this is the best squad we've had for a good number of years I don't see it I think that was playing to the crowd from uh, should one you of not the senior be, figures should you not be more honest should you well, not Tarek thought it was true yeah well okay well Tarek if Tarek goes to see Rangers then you know I take my hat off to him if yeah. he, he'll see yeah. Rangers more than I do but I get right. to see them a, a good bit and um I'm not seeing the same level of quality that I have done over the last couple of years. And Stephen Gerrard has another job in him. Listen, he's still at Aston Villa um, and maybe he'll be there for a long time, but he's under pressure. Mm. What kind of job would be the next one for him in England? Because everyone thought the narrative was he's at Rangers, then he's now at Villa and eventually he'll replace Klopp and he'll be the Liverpool manager. At the moment, that looks highly unlikely. I wonder, it must be difficult. He's had a, a, an amazing career, one of the best players of our oh, generation, absolutely. you know, the recent yeah, times. A, a bit like Frank Lampard, you know, yeah. he went into Chelsea. Do they make great managers then? Brilliant players? Well, some do, but others, other, you don't need to be a great player to be a great manager. And no. um, It's often the opposite, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you two aren't in management. I mean, you, isn't you it? look at you look at Klopp, <laughs> yeah. you look at Mourinho, yeah, sure. You look at Arrigo Sacchi, who won a World Cup. Yeah. Nobody, none of them really had a a career that was mm. anything like some of the players we've been speaking of. But um, Jock Steen, yeah, but Will, I think Willie now Waddle, they played. I think, but I think now everything is to do with your recruitment and getting it right because players have players can run down their contracts if they want. And, uh, you know, it's not like the old days where you can just keep them for Which a lot, fiver. Which a lot of that, Andy, won't come down to the, the manager straight away. You know, that's why you've got, you know, folk in these jobs, head of recruitment, yeah. um, sporting directors, various titles that, that kick about the game. They then bring a, 
I list the players to the manager. You know, this is this is what we've got. This is what fits the budget. You know, who would you like? This is your first choice. This is your fifth choice. This is where we're at. Um, I don't know. I think for Steven Gerrard, he would struggle just now to get another job in England if he's if he vacates the Villa okay. position. We're on till seven. Are you staying till seven or are you going to both you, just go off? Do you off need us, Paul? Yeah, we do, but right, I'm just okay. thinking, have you ever walked off early up the tunnel when you're on the bench? <laughs> I'm thinking of Ronaldo, one of the greats, but my goodness, he's got a petted lip, hasn't he? Up the tunnel early. He's, he's been binned from the squad for the weekend. Is that the news? Yeah. Right. And yeah. should he be? Yes, absolutely. Why? It, it can't be about you. It can't be. But it's all about him. Well, it, it can't be. He's, he's part of a squad. You should all be pulling in the same direction. And he's not. As much as I love him, as much as I love what he has achieved and his dedication for for so long, uh, you don't wander up the tunnel beforehand because that everybody look at me, I'm unhappy. It's not the message to say. We'll find out if Leanne is going to stay after the news. There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! And we're getting ready for another huge week of European football here in Scotland and the return of the Euro Knights with Steen, one of Scotland's leading mechanical and electrical contractors. To celebrate, we're taking this, the Go Radio Football Show, out of the studio and over to the Radisson Red in Glasgow. We want you to join us. Celtic Shakhtar on Tuesday, Napoli and Rangers on Wednesday. We're not taking you to Napoli, but we're taking you to the Radisson Red. If you want to be there, head over to thisisgo.co.uk to register. We'll also have a special Euronights podcast with Steen, and that's available to download after the big games. Subscribe to the Go Radio Football Show podcast to automatically receive the newest edition when it lands. Champions League is still here and we shouldn't forget it, Leanne Crichton. This is, uh, I don't know, when are we going to see a year when we've got two of our teams in it? Let's hope it's uh, next year. Yeah, I think I actually think that's what Scottish football needs um, without stating the obvious. I think when yeah. you look at the performances of both Rangers and Celtic, uh, they need to be achieving Champions League football consistently each year. Uh, to give them the opportunity to get better year on year, to give a better account of themselves, to, to feel it out, to understand what the challenge will look like, to attract players, to get money into the game. Uh, it's brilliant. We love it when it's here every week, you know, that, that we speak about these Champions League games, the showcase matches, Real Madrid coming to Glasgow, Napoli, Ajax. Um, it's excellent, you know, for the Scottish game, it puts us well and truly on the map. I think, I think it's a better tournament for the Scottish champions being in it. And if we can get uh, two of them in it, it, it just makes for a better tournament. We're, we're a small country, but our European results uh, have been good. And I know they work in sort of five-year yeah. circles for the uh, for the coefficient. So last five years, we've had some really good performances. Let's hope we can get back to winning ways. 
Benzema got the Ballon d'Or the other night and Celtic will play him in just a, a few weeks' time. And these are the things we shouldn't forget. I mean, Napoli, Rangers playing there, but they've got some terrific... I mean, they could be outsiders to lift the title this year. You never know. It's great to be there. But there's only one point between them so far. You know, Celtic with one point, Rangers, no points yet. Could they get something against Ajax? Yes, I wouldn't rule it out. Yep. And uh, I think there's always a big performance in Celtic and Rangers, especially over the last couple of years. It doesn't look that way for Rangers, given the, the amount of goals that they've uh, conceded so far. Celtic, I think, are competing and just need a, a more clinical edge to their game. But when I look at Celtic, I'm not surprised that they create chances. I'm not surprised that they score goals. But on the European stage, the question I always ask is, can they be successful playing that way when they give so many chances away I, I've got no doubt that they'll create chances against Shakhtar but equally I think they'll give some chances away Will they take the chances? Though? Well Will this they is it enough? they've got to and a, a, a win gives them a slight chance of could they get, could they get a draw in Madrid that pie in the sky stuff but uh, they need to win on uh, Wednesday is it? Yep Tuesday? Wednesday? Tuesday what is one of them? Yeah, Celtic Shakhtar on Tuesday. <laughs> next week. Napoli Rangers on Wednesday. This time, next week, Thursday, we'll know what happens. <laughs> what do you think, Leanne, for Celtic against Shakhtar? I think they can get a result. I thought that um, in the previous game, you know, and it didn't didn't play out that way, certainly. Um, but, you know, Celtic certainly create more and I think that's where the comparison has been this season as we spoke about it they create chances they miss chances we speak about the chances that they've missed so when you're in a game like that and, and you pass up those opportunities you always give yourself a chance of, of winning games the difficulty for Celtic is the clean sheets as well um, keeping that back door closed and, and denying your opposition those chances the way that Celtic play at times I think that becomes difficult they become very um, open and expansive you know, centre-backs are left in isolated situations defensively from set-pieces. They've been caught out. So it all has to come together and that's what Champions League football teaches you that you need on the night, you know, your 11 players to perform well. You need your impact players to come off the bench and make a difference and every single player has to be at the top of their game and when the chances come, you've got to take them. But I do think that Celtic's style of play this season has been more complementary um, of a Champions League yeah. competition uh, and has... Probably, you know, they've certainly come out on top comparing Rangers and Celtic based on performances. Callum McGregor, obviously, he was lost during the Leipzig game. Andy, how significant is that? And who's going to step in to his role? The manager's changed that a couple of times. Who is the Callum McGregor until he's fit? Well, I like uh, O'Reilly. I like the way he's playing. Uh, I think when Celtic don't have Callum McGregor in the team, they are not as effective, especially the the higher up you go. I think he's very accomplished Champions League player and he was inches away from getting a spectacular goal against uh, Real Madrid so hopefully he will be back soon but um, Celtic have got good options I think Hatate his range of passing his skill he impresses me uh, more and more when I see him not sure he can last 90 minutes at that uh, type of level but he's got fabulous uh, ability so um, players like that uh, need to step up and what about Rangers uh, on Wednesday against Napoli? Arguably their best game so far was against Napoli in Glasgow until James Sands was sent off. Yeah, that, that was the, the huge uh, point in yeah. the game that turned the whole thing and the penalty incident and all the rest of it. But uh, they'll need another big performance from Alan McGregor. They will come under uh, some serious attack from uh, Napoli at home. No no Rangers fans, is that right? No. Are they not allowed to travel? Yeah. 
Um, they probably will, won't they? They might travel, but, but yeah. they won't be in the game. It's nonsensical. It's nonsense. I, I, Another, I didn't understand yeah. it in Glasgow and it had to be mm. reciprocated, but yeah. there you go. But uh, no, Rangers need to be a lot more competitive and much stronger defensively. I don't see it. I honestly, I don't see them them getting anything in Europe. I think it's a steep learning experience. I think the group was tougher. The yeah. group that the Rangers have been dealt with is a tougher group. Hard, um, the hardest group, perform- arguably, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 it's certainly up there. Um, you've got to be realistic. I say it again, manage expectations. I don't think it it was a realistic expectation that Rangers would pick up many points in this group. In order to get these types of results, you need to make mistakes. You need to learn from them. You need to come again. You know, I could be wrong. They might come up with a, a you know, a strong defensive performance, perhaps sneak a draw. Um, if you get an Alfredo Morelos, maybe back up to yeah. the European type performances that he showed last season. He's our highest European scorer. If he has a night where he, he starts and links the game and, and takes opportunities, maybe. But I, I really don't see it happening. And for both of you, where has the Borussia Dortmund kind of performance that Rangers, mm-hmm. the best last season, where's that going? Because it's essentially... It's not all the same team. Yeah. Of course it's not, but... It'll be, it'll be a combination of things, Paul. You know, and a lot of that down, I think a huge part for Rangers just now is confidence. Mm-hmm. And they don't look like a team that are filled with confidence. Um, and that won't come just by winning games because you see that the fans are on their case. Um, pundits are on their case. There's constant scrutiny over how they look, how they perform, who's starting, who's coming in, um, the recruitment. So, so it's got to be... You know, it will take maybe a big result like an Apple to go and, and turn a corner. Um, and whether you do that by hook or by crook, um, you would take something from that game that would perhaps catapult you forward. But you know, you said earlier, there's no magic dust, there's no magic remedy when you go through these types of spells as a footballer. Sometimes you just need to ride it out, and you know, it might come that by the end of this run, Rangers come out with a bit of silverware in you know, January, whenever the, the cup final will be, if they can progress to that. Or, as I say, they stumble through this entire season, not looking flawless and not looking convincing, but still managing to produce. The simple truth is Rangers are not as good. They've not got Aribo, they've not got Bassi, and they've not got a, a focused and committed Kent and Morelos. You've got the four of them. Rangers are an entirely different team. They're stronger defensively, and they're more of a threat going forward. And they've got neither at the moment. Defensively, it's not helped. Like that for no. me has been a, a is a huge foundation. Everything that you build through a team, right from your goalkeeper to your striker, and as I say, the players that come off the bench, there has to be consistency. Rangers have, have not been offered that, you know, and I know Celtic have at times not been offered that as well. But I think when you lose yep. even a Halander, you know, with sure. have been without him, mm. I think he was a constant, you know, and I think he was a strong performer. Balogun was you a big part of it as well. Balogun, so and when we talk about recruitment and the players that have come in, you, you question the players that have been allowed to leave. You know, without the reinforcements being there, would it really have cost that much to keep Balogun at the club as another option? You know, because I think he, he produced on more than one occasion. You know, I thought he was a good player for Rangers. They let him go. Um, Nicola Cathy, you know, he had his injury problems. He was allowed, you know, to go as well. Then you're left in this crisis at centre-back where you've got a young player in, in Leon King um, paired along a central, alongside a central midfielder in James Sands so it's not ideal that then doesn't give you the foundation to build on I don't think you have that same confidence moving the ball across the back line playing through the third looking to play into the middle of the pitch 
Um, and then when you lose it in the transitional moments, you don't have that same experience underneath the ball. So there's been many reasons that, that will probably justify the, the lack of performances for Rangers, but that still doesn't, it's not acceptable, is it, when you, you perform and you play for a club of that size? Just the one goal last night with Stephen Davis, that young budding striker, <laughs> 30s. He's not the oldest player to score. The oldest was David Weir who was, I think, about six months older. He was 38 at the time. What you were going to say? Six. Uh, <laughs> no, no, six months older. Uh, here's GVB, not entirely happy with the performance. Of course, the game, you know, isn't positive the way we played. We started well. We had an early goal, uh, pushing for, for the second goal. I think we had some decent chances, made some good runs from midfield. We came in the final third really a lot, but the final pass wasn't accurate. Started second half well. But, you know, after less 25, 30 minutes, we dropped our levels. We became um, not accurate. The passing was going down. We didn't have any any good movements. We lost balls in areas. We cannot lose the balls. So I wasn't happy at all with our performance in the second half. You know, that's something we need to improve. We made some changes, but, you know, still the players who are in, in the game today, uh, I think the last 30 minutes should have performed better. So the, the troops left, some of them early, but they stayed till the end. Some of them were the team. Of course I can understand. I wasn't happy as well. So, you know, when you're playing well, I mean, you should get the applause. Oh, but if you don't play well uh, for a club like Rangers, they should boo you. They should boo you. That's quite strong, isn't it, from him, Leanne? It is, but I think he, you know, I don't think he could do anything else yeah. other than I agree. You know, I think he, he sounded quite flippant and his answer quite sharp. It's not something as a Rangers manager you want to hear. don't think you want to hear your players being booed. I don't think you want to be asked about it. Um, but at times you've got to own it. You know, and I think he, he's owning the situation. I think it's easier to own it right enough when you win games and you still progress in the cup and you still pick up three points in the league. I think that will become more difficult for him to acknowledge and, and perhaps reflect it on the players because he has to take accountability for that as well. He has to take ownership. It's his team, he's selecting it. It's his subs, he's changing it. It's his system, it's his training sessions that are preparing the team. So it's a collective um, effort in terms of that responsibility as well. But he sounds like a frustrated Rangers manager right now. Andy, this weekend, we'll turn to that in a moment to two. You were at the Celtic game last night, Celtic mm. winning 4-0. Hard to believe it was still 0-0 until just before half-time. Celtic yeah. had to, I mean, Kyogo crashed one just off the bar. It looked as though under VAR was it going to be checked. It wasn't over the line. That was the last games, wasn't it, last night before VAR? VAR starts on yeah. uh, tomorrow night. Afterwards then, 4-0 Celtic, here's Ange Postacoglu. No, I'm, you know, I'm pleased with our performance. Obviously, um, I think we could have scored more for sure, but... Just in general, I thought we, our football was really good tonight. Now, you know, playing cup game away from home, you know, there's a semi-final spot at Hamden at stake. You know, there's always the potential you know, for an opposition to upset you. But uh, I think the way Motherwell started, they really tried to be aggressive, pressing us. But I thought our football through that press was really good. And yeah, we probably should have put the game a bit earlier. But just in general, I, I really like the way we went about things tonight. Uh, Andy, could I think a few weeks ago, maybe two months ago, you would know his preferred starting eleven. Would you know what it was now for, let's say, the game at the weekend uh, against Hearts? No, and uh, I think that's a good thing for the manager, and it's probably a good thing for the players because if you do get the nod, then uh, you need to perform, and if you don't do it by half time, as we've heard before, uh, you might get the hook. So uh, I think there's a lot of good players uh, on form, and uh, there's someone in the background waiting to take your place. 
how do they announce the team these days? You mentioned the first hour it used to be the squad would go up at Motherwell, for example. Was it the yeah. same at Celtic? Did they put the squad up in a, in a Friday? No, or, Billy no? didn't put the squad up. It was more or less a... I think he went and spoke to some, uh, maybe one or two of the younger players and if they wanted to bring them into the squad and get a feel of a big match day and all the rest of it. but uh, And then he would just sit you down and uh, announce the team. Is it WhatsApp now? Leanne, you're still playing? Yeah, we yeah. do. Um, which is, you're putting a lot of trust in the players as well with that. Um, I actually think I heard You tell them Celtic. the team by WhatsApp? Yeah. The starting 11? With the set pieces will get sent out We've changed it recently in the last number of weeks where we do it on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. um, we give them the team ahead of the Sunday just to allow them to, to get it into their heads, the players that are starting. And again, it's that element of trust because, you know, there's friends at other teams and they speak to other people and you're trusting them not to, to share that information. I've got a feeling Celtic this season are doing it on the same day. Um, right, because yeah. I think there was a few issues though. might not be under Ange, but I'm certain that the team was getting leaked quite a lot and it was coming out early on before it had been named and I think they were similar where they were naming it the day before um, and I've got a feeling Ange Postacoglu might just name it on the day I could be wrong with that every team does it differently you know some managers will, will just still do it old school mm. where it's thrown out an hour and a half two hours before kick-off um, some players will be able to know on a Wednesday the way the manager shapes up because they're so set on the team and walking through various options that you just put the personnel into that shape and do your... And, and you mentioned it earlier, Paul, about being dropped. Yeah. And I, I mean, it was a small squad when, when I was playing, but now the squads are so mm -hmm. big. Yeah. There is that uh, dreaded word, uh, rotation. Yeah. <laughs> if you were to push me, I would probably say Juranovic and Taylor were the maybe the preferred fullbacks. Mm -hmm. But then you look at Ralston and Burnaby coming in uh, last week against Hibs, Celtic scored six. Uh, both of those players played really well. And uh, that's that's you get uh, options for the fullback positions. My team, I'm going to tell you, the truth is, they tell you on a Saturday morning, half an hour before kickoff, Blantyre Soccer Academy and Big Peter. And they give, you know, all the coaches. And stuff. Isn't it amazing yeah. what they do? The girls football, yeah. the, the boys football. They yeah. tell you the team then. Couldn't you on the bench? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, it's like a lottery when it must be if you're in Rangers or Celtic, the size of the squads these days, especially at the moment, the Celtic squad Rangers have got uh, some injury issues. You're, you're reminding yeah. me of that great story that John uh, Gagan used to tell at oh, Motherwell yeah. where, you know, why is am it, I not in the is first... Is this one okay for the radio? No, no, yeah. why, why am I a sub in the, the reserve team? And uh, Tommy McLean would tell him, because you're far too good for the third team. <laughs> <laughs> Leanne, good fun though, isn't it? Because WhatsApps and things, but I suppose it's, it's a big deal to find out yeah. what the opposition team is if you can on a Friday night or whatever yeah. for for the for the coaches. No, of course it is. And I would think you adjust if you knew if you had some information? Would you adjust on you an you opposition? Wouldn't, you wouldn't adjust your starting eleven, would you? Good question. You... No, no, but I certainly there has been occasions that it's been we've got wind of mm -hmm. the, the starting team of the the opposition before the game. Um, and that would and it just gives you a, not so much, well it, it gives you a wee head start you know in certain things even in, in set pieces who would be picking up various players it allows you to have that foresight and, and give the players information a lot of the time you're maybe waiting until an hour before kick off to then go and identify if you know you know beforehand you can speak about that you can then pinpoint maybe various like a set piece that you've looked at going weeks gone by who's the target player on that who takes a free kick if she plays you know she'll make the run she's always a back post run front post that type of thing so but generally you know 
focus on your own team whatever mm. the opposition does at times you, you can't control so let's cut to the chase are you playing this weekend are you in the team I no, see, no we'll wait, need, you'll need to wait till Friday for that Paul okay. <laughs> who, who have you got this weekend I see Celtic uh, won last night they go top Rangers didn't play last night yeah we've got Rangers in the League Cup this Sunday tough um, where at where are you playing we're away we're at Broadwood it's Rangers' home game but I was back on the pitch on Sunday um, came on for 20 minutes that was the first I'd been back 24 weeks it is wow. since I've played how did you feel um, good actually yeah good to be back on the pitch it's tough getting back training every other day now though starting mm -hmm. to feel it in the the bones and the joints when oh, I wake up. That's a good show. I've probably had a good well, 34 years that I never felt like that. So yeah, probably this little only season has the, been the toughest. But look at Ronaldo, look at old Stephen Davis we mentioned Well, you might see on. me walking yeah. up the tunnel on a huffing exactly. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> in Glasgow City, your old teammates a 5-0 win against the other Glasgow yeah. last night. That's no, tight yeah. at, the, at the top yes. as well with Glasgow City, Rangers yep. and Celtic. Celtic. It's going to go to the wire, I think, this season again. Rangers were doing well. They were top for a while, weren't they? But see, Celtic went top last night. Rangers not in action. The women's game gets bigger and bigger. We're back with Andy Walker, Leanne Crichton, Paul Cooney. We're on 0808 17 17 700. And we're looking forward to the weekend next. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Some of the headlines today then with the Premier Sports Cup. The draw was made for the semi-final last night. Rangers up against Aberdeen, Celtic against Kilmarnock. That's going to be in the middle of January. Uh, sad news came in today of a Rangers legend from the 50s and the early 60s, Jimmy Miller. Brilliant uh, front player uh, before our time, but he scored 160-odd goals for Rangers. Jimmy Miller, and I think it was you know Brand, brilliant. Miller, um, yeah, in brilliant. those days. Yeah, and we... Rangers will obviously mark it on yep. Saturday with a home game against Livy. They'll remember him there. Yep, these great this great thing in football that people and mm. great players are remembered. It really is. And Jimmy Miller, yeah, if you asked um, your nan or whatever, she might remember yep. these names, Miller and Brand. And no, it is. It's Richie nice and, yep. when you become part of that football family. Yep. It never changes, does it? Um, and as Andy said, I'm sure Rangers will will mark that at, at the weekend. But I'm sure it means an awful lot to his family as well for him to be remembered. I had a friend of the family, Paul, who played for Rangers in the. In the 50s, Alec McPhail, he was a goalkeeper. Right. And uh, he never played a first-team game. And he died a number of years ago. And I went to uh, Sandy Jardin and asked if there was a, a picture yeah. that I could maybe give the, the family. And honestly, within hours, Sandy had um, he'd sourced this picture where Alec McPhail, his name was, and he was uh, standing beside Willie Woodburn and... Uh, Willie Wallace, I think. Yeah. And it was one of those pictures where you obviously had the Rangers players in the first team and the, mm -hmm. the reserves were in it yeah. as well with a, with, a, with a different strip on. You know, it was quite quite a big uh, photograph, a lot of people in it. And Ali uh, was the manager at the time and he very kindly wrote uh, a, a short letter to the family just to see that everybody at Rangers was was thinking of their dad. It was, it was such a lovely touch and you, you get that at clubs... It's uh, it's really great. It is. Was it the blue and white like the Kilmarnock strip? Was the it was strip? That, there you are. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. that big and that big, big V yeah. that they had, oh, yeah. the, mm -hmm. the big V neck. Thing. But families are so proud of them then. To get to any of these major, any football club, you know, my, my uncle Matt was uh, at Hamilton Ackies and I'm still proud of that. This was yeah. many, many years ago. He played yeah. at Hebs there, United. He was a really good player. Uh, Jockstein asked him to go to Clinically because they were both Burn Bank. But you remember yeah. it and you're proud of it. Mm -hmm. And your family with 72 caps 
are proud of you, Leanne, your family too, Andy. I don't know how many there are, the brothers and all the rest of it. You're mad bit, squad. Yeah, a mad squad. <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? brings it brings everybody together. Yeah. No problem. It gives people memories, mm -hmm. which is the most important thing. At some point, you can look back, whether it's you know parents remembering kids at a young age coming through at football and how much they loved it, or when you have that association with a, a family member that plays you know domestic football at a good level or at international football, at some point it will have brought families together and you get to look back and reflect on that. And that is, the, for me, is probably the most special part of it. Family connection here. Arsenal and Man City are monitoring the uh, progress of Celtic's Rocco Vata. So, Andy... I played with Rudy, yep. and he has got a fabulous uh, life story, Rudy, when, you know, the whole Albanian thing and yep. him defecting when he played for Albania in, in Paris, I think, and he, he was never, ever injured, Rudy, and he came off the the pitch and was literally running through the streets of Paris and his, his strip to meet up with uh, people trying to defect from uh, wow. Albania, and then, of course, he made his... Yeah. He made his name, he made his life in the, in the West and in, in Scotland. Mm -hmm. And um, he's a lovely guy, uh, Rudy, and it's good to see his son doing so well. Sure, and the president then loves Celtic, doesn't he? Of Albania, it's true, That's right. isn't That's it? Right. It's like a, a Lacari novel, yeah. that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. see, that was in Paris, yeah. That's right. Amazing stories in football. What's the story going to be with John Lindstrom on a podcast yesterday? When it's there, available. He'd love to finish his career at Rangers. Discuss, will that happen? He's been a really good signing. Ron Gordon, the owner at Hibs, he's hopeful over Ryan Porteous and a contract extension. Could he go to Celtic or Rangers. I know he's a controversial character, but would you not want to have somebody in your team once I, I, he's on I your think, side? I think yeah. he could play at that level. I think he's got good passing ability. I think if his temperament improves, because you do question his temperament, um, I think he could play at that level. Now an international player? Of course. And scorer? Yeah. At, yeah. And he could easily have lost the head in the game, couldn't he? What do you think? Do you think we'll see him one at Hibs or at one of the big two or down south? I think Hibs will be desperate um, to keep him. I think it would be a, a travesty on their behalf if he's allowed to, to leave, you know, for free. Um, could I see him playing for Rangers or Celtic? Probably. Could I see him playing for Celtic under Ange Postacoglu? Maybe not. Could you see him at Rangers? Maybe, you know, because I think he does certainly have all the attributes. I think the fact he's an international player certainly helps him. I do think he's he's towed the line, you know, a bit with he, his antics. I think when it happens, he, he he tends to pick his moments and they're blown up and often yeah. perhaps blown up out of proportion. Um, and certainly they could be avoidable. But I think he's a brilliant footballer. I think for Ryan Portis, though, for his career and his development, does he want to stay in Scotland and, and perhaps still remain a, a pantomime villain, which I think he has the potential to do if you're in the goldfish bowl of Scottish football. Or do you go and further your career, whether it be somewhere in Europe or down in the English Championship? I think, as I say, he, he can be a top footballer. When you look at other players that have left Scotland and went down to the English Championship, English Premier League, he's up there with them all. You know, even if you, you compare him to a John Souter um, type signing that, that Rangers have had that hasn't played out, you know, could he be as good as John Souter? Of course he could be. You know, he's, he's got everything there. It's up to, to Ryan Portis what he gets out of his career. And he's 23 now, so he's still really young. But, you know, he's not 18 or 19, six foot two. He could do the business for them. We're going to go back on the lines in a moment or two. Some of the other headlines today. Well, it's VAR. is a reality in Scotland from tomorrow. Before that, let's go to Crookston in Glasgow. Paul's on the line. Good evening, Paul. 
evening. Thanks for having me on tonight. Not at all. How are you doing, you Rangers fan? What did you think last night? Were you a bit nervous watching it? Uh, oh, just disappointing the way we've been performing for, for the last few months, I think. I just want to get your opinions on this in the panel and whatnot. Um, basically, you know, I've been doing a wee bit of work, well, a wee bit of research to see how how we're that poor as a performance. Mm-hmm. And and I've seen it from Broncos when he was a manager of the finals, um, who'd inherited this tactic over there. He was called Mr. Horseshoe. Um, because this horseshoe shape of place, the right back place, the centre back, centre back place, the other centre back, centre back place, the left back. Mm-hmm. And it's all designed to, supposedly, um, I mean, I'm only a punter right, right enough, but apparently this system breaks down teams who try to to to, to defend. But obviously, it's not it's not doing well. The final fans hated the performances over there um, towards the end. And, and again, my point is, well, if the players can't model to his this this shape, which they aren't, um, because he's talking about changing the team every two minutes, and um, you can't call a Rangers team nowadays um, for as many changes you've got. Um, either the team has to be invested in get players to do that model, or from Broncos has to go. That's why I see what you think. Wow. I think to... yeah, I think it's really harsh, Paul, because I think if you've got a manager there who uh, has taken a Rangers team to a Europa League final, he's won a trophy, he's got Rangers into the Champions League. I think against all odds. Uh, I, I still, uh, I said beforehand, I don't think this Rangers squad is as strong as it has been over the last couple of years. I don't think they've replaced quality with quality. We're not seeing it yet. I think that that money that they got in for for Patterson, for Aribo, for for Ebassi, I think it was essential. But I don't see the same level of performance in Matondo and Tillman. Uh, Cholak has been a big success, uh, but I don't know what effect that has had on Morelos or uh, Ryan Kent, who whose contracts are up at the end of the season. They're not producing as much. So I think any manager they can get to uh, get you to a Europa League final, I think he's a smart guy. I think he's a clever coach. I think he knows what he's doing. But you can only... He's changing the team a lot, I think, because he's not seeing what he wants from players that he's given an opportunity to. And um, it's a very difficult time for him. Leanne? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's harsh. I, I can understand Rangers fans... Rangers fans find themselves in a position just now where they can afford to be critical because it's not flawless and they're still winning games. Right? There's only yeah. a draw that separates the form of Rangers and Celtic this season. And Celtic have scored nine goals more, four, in the league. Two points separates the two sides. And if you speak to one set of fans on one side of the city, they're absolutely delighted with how the season's going. You speak to one set of fans on the other side of the city, and they're very much the way Paul sounds tonight, a bit deflated, questioning the manager's tactics and whatnot. I understand that can be football at times. If you want to put all your eggs in the one basket when you look at Rangers, he's having to chop and change the team because players are not performing. You have to chop and change the team because there's injuries throughout to key areas and key positions. You Also, the, the things that we've touched on, i.e. Ryan Kent, is he committed to the club? Does he want to be there long term? Is his performance he's not at a point where he is now droppable, whereas at some point previously he wasn't. Alfredo Morelos, another player who can be huge. But I think now when you start to get guys like Akemar Roof back in the picture, um, Ben Davies has come back in at centre-back and gives you another good option. Yilmaz, we're starting to see him, whereas there was question marks over his signing. Then if you can get a Tom Lawrence back, who I think was probably 
along with Cholak, based on his numbers that we've seen, perhaps pick of the bunch, you know, yep. in the signings and the way he looked and how he, he looked like he could kick on. I think it's really hard to judge Van Bronckhorst when a lot of his signings haven't been available and some others haven't quite hit the ground running. Um, but I still think Rangers are a good team. I still think they've they've got it in them to to kick on. Whether Rangers fans are, have just lost trust in Van Bronckhorst based on the number of goals conceded, you know, against Liverpool in Champions League, yeah. which hasn't happened. But if you take Champions League in isolation, those types of results can happen to any club. You look at the English Premier League week in week out clubs that are spending hundreds of millions every transfer window. And they go and lose five, six, seven, and eight, and nine. We've seen in the Premier it, League. So it looks as though Barcelona won't make it out of the Champions yeah. League yep. group stages, and they've, I mean, their finances are all over the place yeah. and spent. I think spent maybe a hundred and fifty million. But I do think yep. at some point for a manager, and I know every manager loves an identity. Some love a, a philosophy. And they stick by that. You know, you listen to Ange Postecoglou, for example, that's the way we play. We'll never stop. Yeah. Um, regardless whether we lose games, that's the way that we'll play. I won't ever set up. At some point, you might need to reinvent your style of play. And that might be where, where Van Bronckhorst is getting to now as a manager. And he's still a young manager. Yeah. You know, we're not talking about somebody that's 50-odd, 60-odd that's coming to the end of their career. He might at some point need to look at another option in that Rangers team that that might be the spark. Paul, come back in. What would you say? I uh, no, listen. Thanks to Leanne and, and uh, Andy going over those points uh, very thoroughly. I, I suppose um, if he doesn't change his tactics, he's going to fall on his own sword because you can't keep performing like that. I mean, the booze were ringing out last mm-hmm. night. We, all due respect, the Dundee, they come with a game plan, everything else. I get all of that, but with the finances Rangers have got, it should be it should be putting four or five past the Dundee. With all due respect. What's my point about you know, Andy saying there that Van Bronckhorst took it to the Europa League final? Now, I absolutely agree with that 100%. I can't, I can't not argue against that. And I was one of the fans who worried that performance. But he was going on the back of a fantastic performance of foundations that Gerrard had played for us. I feel we're kind of regression back in Europe, if I'm being honest with you. I know we're at a higher level. But if you look back at Van Bronckhorst's history with finals, they were demolished by Man City 4 0. Again, I'm going back to this whole system of play. Uh, being a Rangers fan and watching that and seeing your rivals playing more attacking minded, that's the way Rangers should be playing. Rangers should be attacking, not sitting with more possession in your own half. Um, Again, teams, as I said, with all due respect to the, uh, the budgets of Rangers, we shouldn't be playing um, all in our own half. I mean, that's why we've been annihilated twice off the Celtic. We haven't learned lessons, and my worry is a couple of occasions where I see from Bronckhorst, they might be a nice guy and everything else. Uh, you probably know more than I do um, and not a few of them and everything like that but I believe he's got a bit of arrogance um, now that could be become you know, he played with Barcelona he played with Arsenal he's played with the best teams he's won Champions Leagues and whatnot. but he mm. uh, didn't change stance for a long time when there were Rangers fans crying out get this guy out get him the place for Leon King or someone else or Ben Davies it took ages for that to change and again some of his comments is very much like well I'm sticking with this plan I honestly think he'll fall on his own sword now, do I want to see that happen to a Rangers manager absolutely not but I'll, I can only call it what I see sure. I can only say it's a Rangers plan I think he can be stubborn that's what I think and yeah. I don't know if you see that but managers can be yeah I think that's has he got the players to play on the front foot then Leanne said it in the first hour it's well, a bit slow it's a bit pedestrian yeah, it's not pretty against against most clubs in Scotland you'll win I think Rangers will win and the problem, I think, Rangers supporters that I speak to 
lost heavily against Ajax, against Celtic, mm-hmm. against Napoli, even worse against Liverpool, an embarrassment. Yeah. So um, those big games, I, I, I think, are, are, are killing him a, a, a little bit. But he, he needs to get something in place where people who pay their money every week, they want to be entertained. They want to see their team winning, but they want to be entertained. They want, they want goals. That, that's where for me though in isolation though those teams that Andy rind off and the, the games that are killing him I, I don't know how that can be a comparison even for Van Bronckhorst and, and Gerrard even points per game last season Van Bronckhorst's league record was better than Steven Gerrard's no, some of them are just so, not having it you're right so, yeah, some of the fans just haven't taken to him I don't think you would expect Rangers to beat Liverpool maybe not even Ajax but you would expect a better level of performance. You wouldn't expect Rangers to be so woeful in, in Amsterdam when they lost four. Paul, do you agree uh, with that? The, the, the one in Glasgow, I think, was, well, you know, with the, the red card was yeah. um, was a strange one. But then losing seven to Liverpool and actually down at Anfield losing two when it could have been so much more. And I, I do get that as well. And I think, you know, I've probably been in games where I, I've played at, at levels where domestically club football in Scotland is and the rest of the world probably pretty low then you go and play Champions League against a Wolfsburg and a Barcelona and trust me they can take 7 and 8 off you if they really fancy it I think when you look at the subs that Liverpool made at the point who are Rangers bringing off the bench to change a game at 3-4-0 when Liverpool are bringing on Salah Thiago Firmino like that is basically £200 million worth of players coming off in in 3 and 4 substitutions so I do feel like those scores in football can happen. I think when you're in the goldfish bowl of Scotland and in the west of Scotland as well, you look at that and you find yourself drawn in isolation. But actually those Champions League results are happening across the board, season sure. upon season. We're only catching an eye bit now because it's happened to a Scottish club. Um, and your point is, but look at the table. There's two points Exactly. I think unless Giovanni Van Bronckhorst falls way off in the league um, and, or repeats a performance in the next old firm game i.e. a 3-4-0 um, and they don't learn their lessons I think that would be the only reason they would come under pressure I don't see um, his job being under pressure by the Rangers board being literally two points behind Celtic and Paul do you think you could get points or a point against uh, let's say Ajax in a couple of weeks time uh, how listen stranger things have happened I mean you yeah. could actually still get out of this whereas Celtic are out I mean to be honest I think maybe uh, Napoli, I think we were probably really strong against Napoli for a period of time, um, whereas some of the other teams haven't. I think, um, okay. you know, right. with, the, with the crowd behind us and everything else, we play the right way. Um, absolutely. But I just want to say one, one wee point as well, if, if I can still scan. Um, just if you, and you'll see this watching the matches and whatnot on Sky Sports, but I've seen them sometimes Barisic coming down the left. Now, Barisic gets it quite hard from a lot of Rangers fans, you know, bringing in. Yilmaz and whatnot, but I've seen him going down the flank and he's looking to pass the ball up. You can't see the camera angles that he's sitting there in the stadium. He comes down and he's going to pass it. There's no work. Kent doesn't yeah. make a, a frontner to get ahead of him. So it's not Barisic. It's, it's drilled into the players, the tactics. Barisic, I don't think, and I don't think some of the other Rangers players can adapt to this way of playing. If you contrast that with Celtic, you know, yeah. when they bombed down the left I, or whatever. I, yeah. I looked at Barisic at the weekend yeah. at Fir Park and I, I did see him looking to play a pass and no one was showing. There wasn't enough energy work rate off the ball and I did feel for him because he was getting a hard time from the, the Rangers fans in front of us. But um, he kept possession. Yeah, he turned it back because there was no one 
There was no one, no one showing, no one wanted it, and he, he didn't want to just uh, lump up the park. And I know he's not in the, in the best form. I think he's got fantastic ability, and very few cross the ball as as well as he does. But um, he just needs better options, a better work rate in front of him. And I'm not. I don't know what you can do as a manager there. You, you, he's trying to put different players uh, in that position because it's not been working. So they could come third, couldn't they? Yeah. Leanne, just with Paul. Paul, listen, thanks for calling. Speak to you again. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go, 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 go. Go Radio Football Show. Paul can here with Leanne Crichton and Andy Walker this time tomorrow night. Barry Ferguson will be here alongside Stephen McGinn, the captain of Falkirk. And you know, he's undefeated, Leanne, since he joined us here on the roster in the Go Radio Football Show. So What's that? And a goal scorer. Indeed, a double goal scorer the other (laughs) week. I never asked you. I was asking Was that the first double he'd scored in (laughs) 10, 15 years or something like that? I was on with him that night and then the next day he'd scored two and a 2-0 win. Fantastic. Andy Walker, have you done this kind of thing before, Andy? And you, I knew the face somewhere. Yeah. So this weekend we'll kick off then uh, with the score predictor, which will be on tomorrow night with our friends at Clyde Built Home Improvements. So, yep, you could be on that if you go to thisisgo.co.uk and you could win. I think it's over five hundred pounds tomorrow night. Anyway, you're not getting that tonight, uh, but we do want to know, Andy. Will we kick off with your game? So, Leanne, what do you think? Hearts against Celtic on Saturday, twelve thirty. Celtic win yep don't, don't see anything else um, Hearts have a a good group of players Tynecastle is a tough place to go but I just think just now Hearts have got too many players missing too many key players missing and Celtic will get the job done a comfortable couple of goals Andy what do you reckon? Yeah I'm expecting Celtic to win I think their form is good 10 goals in their last two games I would expect them to make a lot of chances at Tynecastle and like Leanne said the uh, when you're missing Halkett, when you're missing Rose, when you're missing uh, Haring, I think he might yeah. be out. Gary Mackay, Stephen, uh, Liam Boyce, another long-term one. The list is long uh, for Hearts, and they've they've also lost what they've lost eight goals to Fiorentina, mm. they lost at Aberdeen, they lost a couple at Kilmarnock, although they got a point. Uh, they've been losing a lot of goals recently. Who's going to be third in the league? Do you think it's still going to be Hearts? Could it be Hibs? Could it be Aberdeen? What do you think, Andy? I think it'll be Aberdeen. Aberdeen. They've certainly got some good strikers, which they haven't had for a wee while. They have, yeah. I think it'll be close this season, Mm. but I actually think Hearts will eventually edge it. I think once they get players back from injury, um, once the European run comes to an end and that exertion, you know, stops, I think they will finish the season a lot stronger than they are just now. I think they're in a difficult period we're trying to manage players, bodies, injuries, games, Thursday, Sunday, it's never easy. Once that settles, I think Hearts will be okay. And looking to Celtic, Andy, and you saw them last night, uh, Segrist did, did well. One really good save, but... Well, yeah. just another player who's got some game time, keeping him on his toes. I don't know whether he'll be in for all uh, League Cup games, but um, he's he's a decent goalie. And Burnaby, who's he going to play at the weekend? Is it Greg Taylor or you is mentioned it? it Ralston, Juranovic or whatever? Because looming large is uh, the game with Shakhtar. But nothing's more important, is it, than winning the title or retaining it and for Rangers to win? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and there's so many options. I think if you were picking your strongest team, yep. you'd go with Taylor and Juranovic. But okay. that's why I highlighted how well Ralston and Burnaby did last week against Hibs. And up front, 
I wonder if he starts with Kyogo or is it Gikamakis on Saturday? Yeah, it's either or. I think, uh, you know, obviously Kyogo back in the score sheet against Motherwell, mm. but Yakamakis, just his work rate, his attitude, the way he can bring others into play, such a such a big team player. Who would you play? I'd play Yakamakis. Uh, I, I don't actually have a preference over them. I think both of them have given a really good account of themselves this season. I think he'll go with Yamakis um, and keep Kyogo fresh and, and raring to go for the midweek game. And he's always a good option to bring off the bench, certainly. I just think the physicality and, and the different style that, that Giamakis brings um, will be the reason that he'll get the nod. I should have kicked off with the first VAR game tomorrow night, of course, at Easter Road. Hibs against St. Johnson, though. It's not live in the telly, is it? Tomorrow no. night, no? Because no. you were the Friday night specialist last season. We saw you all over the country. Leanne, who do you fancy for this one? I actually think it might be a draw, um, if I'm honest. Yeah. I can see it um, being a tough night for Hibs. I think performance-wise, they need a reaction, though. It was a tough weekend for them last weekend against Celtic. St. Johnston have, as I you know, probably said it the last couple of times I've been on, I think they've got a bit more about them player-wise, a bit more middle to front as well, goal scorers in their side. Um, so if that version of St. Johnston turns up at Easter Road, I think it'll be a tough night for them. They'll get something out of the game. Andy, your old club. Hibs. Yeah, I'm going to go for Hibs. I right. think they'll get a home win and I think they've got a bit of ambition just to try and be as good as Hearts were last season and... If you want to do that, you, you need to win home games against St. Johnson. I'll go for the home win. Have you got a coat like Lee Johnson's that... Uh... No. No. I'm Thank, not that stylish. For... <laughs> Leanne, have you? Uh, <laughs> did you see maybe, him the weekend? Yeah, maybe, right, maybe he was, yeah, 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 he was certainly... Yeah. I think, did, did you see... Somebody seen he looks like a car salesman. <laughs> <laughs> he could but, be a car salesman. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors, where every one of them is immaculate, I can assure you, <laughs> men and women there. Right, so... You are going for a Hibs win, Andy. And Leanne, you were going for the draw. The draw, yep. yeah. Score so draw. back to Saturday, Celtic, you're both going for Celtic at Tynecastle. It's always a great game, though. What about Kilmarnock against Ross County? Leanne first. So, Kelly, big week for them? It is. It is. I think this weekend, the fixtures has got a number of draws written all right. over it. And I think mm. Kilmarnock, Ross County could be another one of those because both teams struggle at times to find the back of the net. Um, Ross County really have stumbled and stuttered this season. Kilmarnock have picked up some points uh, and certainly performance-wise, but I think between the two, it would be would be difficult to choose. Andy, what do you think? I'm going to be bold. And I'm going to go for go the away win. They got a win at oh. uh, Livy. They weren't at their best, but... Uh, it's a bottom of the table type oh, yeah. clash. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Kelly will miss Kyle Lafferty this weekend and for a number of weekends. So, going to go for a little shock there. Maybe Ross County winning away again. That would put them in 12 points, wouldn't it? be huge for them. Right, where are we going to go? Motherwell against Aberdeen looks like a really good game. Motherwell, looking at you, Leanne, that's your, your club yep. with women's. They, the narrative's been great, hasn't it? Steve Hamill, everyone loves them. Mm -hmm. It's been good to watch. But they need a win. They do need a win. Yeah, and I think you can only say that for, for so long. You need to yeah. pick up points. Um, and they haven't managed to pick up enough. Certainly, you can look at performances. But again, it, you would rather win games, I think, <laughs> than reflect on a, a good performance when you've got beat 3-0 or um, you've lost goals. I think Fur Park always suits Motherwell. I think they make it more of a game if they've got every player fit and available. You know, I think a Kevin Van Veen can really cause and Aberdeen problems because I think defensively they're vulnerable at times so for me again I think this game will have goals in it 
uh, when I'm speaking about draws, I, I again can't separate the sides. I think Aberdeen have also got goals, but I think they've also got the um, the ability to concede. As have Motherwell, so I'm going to honestly, I think this will be like a two-two score draw. Yeah, yep, two-two. Yep. Andy, what do you reckon? I'm going to go for another away win. I think Aberdeen have got ambition of finishing third and a bit like Hibs, you know, you need to win against St Johnson. I think if Aberdeen want to finish third, they need to go to Fir Park and difficult venue, fantastic surface. They've got the players. There's uh, something about Aberdeen that I'm beginning to like. That was a good win against Hearts yeah. last weekend and uh, I think Jim Goodwin has... He's got some decent players in there. Yeah, he's got a bit of momentum mm. going with him as well, yeah. hasn't he, Andy? Yeah. yeah. Next up is Rangers against Livingston. Leanne? I think it'll be a tough afternoon. I mentioned that earlier on. I think Livingston will come with a game plan. I do think Rangers will find a way though. Um, and it, it, you know, it might not be a win that the fans will be ranting and, and raving about. But I certainly think Rangers will get the job done. Could be a, a you know a 2 nil, a 2-1 type game. This is where the season started, wasn't it? Living yeah. against Rangers. Yeah, it was yeah. a great game. And actually Livingston played really well. Yep. Uh, Nubley's given them a wee bit more imagination up front and a bit more of a goal threat. But no, I, I expect Rangers to win. Whether it's whether it's Morelos or Cholak or whether Kent still plays or, or Tillman Matondo, uh, Rangers need more. And ideally for their supporters, they want a yeah. they want a comfortable win. They want they want to be entertained and see a few goals. What about St Mirren against Dundee United, Andy? I'm going to go for an away win. I like the way Liam Fox has taken to the role of manager since uh, since Shaq Ross uh, left. And um, yeah, I'm going to go for the away win there. That will be another bit of a surprise because St yeah. Mirren have been in decent form. Yeah, 16 points at the moment. They're uh, in fourth position. Leanne, what do you reckon? I think St Mirren. Yeah, I'm going to go St Mirren. I think the the number of clean sheets that they've managed to keep has been really impressive. A uh, couple of matches that they've they've fallen short. I think they'll be disappointed, but certainly over the course, they've you know I'll use that word momentum again. They've managed to build on that. I think the their home form is good as well. And I you know Dundee United they'll struggle to break down St Mirren. I don't know how many clear cut chances they'll create, um, but no, I fancy St Mirren for that one. And in the last 30 seconds, VAR, is it going to improve our game? What do we think, Leanne? Let's just hope it improves the punditry, if, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> does, that, does that count? <laughs> Any resignations being offered? Not just in Downing Street? Andy, what do you reckon? Is it going to improve us? I'm not sure it'll improve it. I mean, we'll get, we will get, uh, I think, better decisions when it's clear and obvious that an error has been made, and that can only be a good thing. But we'll still get the highly debatable uh, decisions and you know it's not a bad thing do we really want to get everything right I, I'm not sure we do we'd be out of jobs I think so exactly no is the answer <laughs> well you come back next week hopefully Absolutely. you will Leanne Andy too thanks so much Jokal Day is up next we'll be back tomorrow night at 5 with Barry Ferguson and Stephen McGinn the Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland let's go There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice 
upgrades from our motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton.